Hello everybody and welcome to Vootcast episode number 91. Just to shake things up a little bit, we are going to be doing things very differently um, this fortnight. As there's, there is some news that we have, we're going to be skipping, um, but as there's not many games to be played, we thought we would start something fresh, so to speak. If, if you guys enjoy this enough, I guess we'll continue to do them um, during our down week and so what we'll be doing is, is since we always seem to talk about this in all the other podcasts, is we will be talking about Metroid Other N. Um, joining me in the discussion is the usual team. So Stephen, a.k.a. Ninja Catfish. Hello. And Daniel, a.k.a. Flame Condor. Greetings and salutations. Okay, so Metroid Other M. Um, Where do we so start? Metroid, yeah, there's... <laughs> we'll start... We'll start at the most... Um, I guess we'll just quickly talk about the game's development really quickly. Um, it was first announced at E3 2009... Um, I don't, I'm sure you guys remember, it was the end of Nintendo's media briefing, they said they had one more thing to show, and it was a, a pretty crazy kind of, you know, completely re-establishing everything we kind of expected from a Metroid game. It looked very cinematic and stuff, and um, they announced that it was developed by a team known as Project M, um, but Project M was actually Nintendo, Team Ninja, and D-Rockets. Nintendo produced the, the game itself, um, Sakamoto, the go- series co-creator, um, designed the scenarios, and three... D- extra designs from Nintendo, who previously worked on Fusion and Zero Mission, worked on the design too. Um, Team Ninja did a large majority of the programming work and the modelling, so they were more or less responsible for the gameplay. And because neither of these companies have too much um, experience in cinematics and stuff, they hired D-Rockets, who are the company who does all the cinematics and stuff for Ekimo Koei's games and Team Ninja's games. And apparently TV commercials as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I was reading that about them. Yeah, so they have, a, they have a, you know, kind of a storied history. And the aim of the project was really to bridge the gap between Super Metroid and Fusion and create more backstory and personality for Samus herself, who up until this point was pretty... She wasn't a blank slate, I'd say, but, you know, she didn't have a lot of... We didn't know heaps about her. She was pretty mysterious. Hmm. So what did you guys think when you first saw the trailer? I guess we should start off with. It was a very sort of... Um, I mean, I think this is when we're happiest most with Nintendo press conferences is when it's like the Twilight Princess, Kid Icarus, Metroid Other M surprise that sort of comes out of nowhere and looks like everything we've possibly wanted. Like, um, Twilight Princess was... After the whole reception of Wind Waker, everyone wanted a mature, hardcore Zelda. And, oh my God, we're getting one. And then we saw this, and I think... I mean, as good as the Prime games were, people were sort of a bit over that sort of style of Metroid. They wanted a more return to the sort of the older style, and that looked yeah. a lot like it. And it's like, oh my god, this is like, like oh, this is going to be it. And remember me, and like, no, we don't, but we don't care, because this looks amazing. And just, yeah, it was, it was also the same press conference. We had the Vitality Sensor, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> going to be another, like, and it was coming off the whole Wii, um, Wii Music year as well, the year before. So it was definitely yeah. a step up, and everyone's like, Yes! It's a good time to be a Nintendo fan. As I was saying, like, I, I definitely agree. I remember defending it because a lot of people were very angry about it. and I was I one was of like, those people. <laughs> you know, guys, Prime 3 was good, but it wasn't as good as the first two, so maybe it's for the best that we're going to get something else. But something that did stick with me and that followed me way up until I finished the game was I, it didn't look as good. Like, graphically, I don't think it looked as good as Prime. We will get into presentation about the game later, but that's probably my only the only thing I didn't like about the initial reveal trailer. Everything else seemed pretty pandering to the Metroid fan, more or less. It, it, know, it had, had a very had weird iconic scene redone. It had a very weird art style in that trailer. I mean, the, the colors are very sort of I want to say garish. 
It's like the, the, that that yellow of Samus's armor is really bright in the trailers, and it sort of stands out a lot, and it looked a bit ugly. Very plasticky. Yeah. Hmm. Very Team Ninja. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I was of course worried about that too, like how much of this is going to be an exploration game, how much is it going to be an action game, but I was pretty faithful in Nintendo to deliver. Yeah. I was, I was but... sort of really a little bit worried to be honest, just having known Team Ninja's history with female characters, they've very rarely been well-rounded characters. Well, that, no, they have been you know... well-rounded, just sort of in the... In, yeah. in, in a certain well area. rounded but not in personality you might say so yeah i was i was you know teetering on the edge of i'm pretty worried and i really hope this doesn't get screwed up we had varying opinions between us pre-release and we've all finally played it which is also why it seems like the best time to talk about it so we'll start off with the writing which is probably the biggest i'd say the biggest misstep with the game um mm-hmm makes a lot of missteps, but I think this is probably the, the one that really, really stands out. We'll start with Samus herself. Do you guys have anything to say first? Like- well, I mean, having a look at the... There's the Iwata Asks uh, did an interview with some of the developers before the game came out, and essentially they they pretty much said that they were trying to make a story that conveyed Samus's thoughts and feelings specifically. Like that was what they wanted to focus on. And that's a good, I think that's a reasonable request because I mean, we didn't, we've never really gotten anything. Mm, That's fair. As you're saying, she was a bit of a blank slate character. I mean, fusion was probably the the game where we last heard what she was thinking, but you know, in all the prime games, you got your scans and stuff, but then they would just be more like scientific report. Yeah. Style of writing, like mm. it wasn't really Samus's thoughts at all. Um, what were you going to say? No, that, that's exactly it. I mean, Fusion, Fusion. I mean, I mean, Fusion sort of showed the signs heading in the direction that, um, because a lot of it was that deep inner monologue of Samus, and like he called me lady, like my old boss did, or whatever. And it's like, okay, but can we just go to two D exploration, please? Less talky. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's just like I think that in, and then you know, we flash forward to other M the finished product and they definitely gave us um an insight into samus's thoughts for sure but i think that they gave us too much of an insight and the insight was probably wrong what they said they specifically were aiming for was an intriguing depiction of samus's humanity showing that she's not just cool but also kind and sympathetic and perhaps a little immature in her passion and earnestness very immature do you think that came through no not at all. Well, the, well, <laughs> the, hang, hang on, the immaturity bit did. I mean, mm. I mean, I, I... I mean, they. It doesn't make this is the okay. So this is this is my this is my main like thesis point for Samus in M is that she did come across as immature, but I don't believe that a character like this should be like that. After yeah, that she's been through, especially um, at this point in the in the Metro timeline, she's done so much, and she shouldn't still be acting like a preteen. I mean, the only way yeah, I can think and... about it is because it is after um, it is the next one chronologically after Super Metroid, and I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it. But but with everything that happened with the baby and Mother Brain and all that, I guess that may may have been like a traumatic situation, and maybe she does have like post traumatic stress disorder or something, and just isn't coping. But it just okay, yeah. we'll, we'll get. We will get. Oh, that, we're going to. We will talk about PTSD. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I... But yeah, um, the in terms of so we'll just we'll start off with the most the first thing that slaps you across the Baby. face when you start the game. Baby monologues. Oh, monologues. Um, okay, look, cause... most of the game is Samus's Samus talking to herself or to the audience. I don't know who she's talking to, but she's so vacant. I'm assuming it's to herself. <laughs> she's just talking. Um, can I? Can I just? Because and... it was. It's been about yeah. a year or at least two years since I've played it last. So I started playing some of it this morning, just like a good two or three hours of it, and. It hits you with that very early on, and I'm just like... And I mean, you know, memory's really kind to experiences. You forget about the stuff you hate, and while I'm playing it, I'm like, oh my god, shut up. I don't care. I just want to get to the space station, stop talking, stop talking. And I mean... I was, yeah, I, I was thinking that my first playthrough was I just like, made, what is this? If, if you had have made a drinking game of the amount of times she said, baby, you'd be in hospital in five minutes. Because it's, <laughs> it's just... Wow. My issue with these mo- the monologues in particular are that the game uses them as like a way to tell us what's happening. For ex- okay, perfect example is there was a scene where you know Samus walks up, she regroups with this group of soldiers, right? And instead of us seeing the soldiers talk to Samus, Samus just drones in with, I told them everything that had happened, and then they were shocked, but now they know, and I am going to do the next objective. Like, That's a really good point, yeah. Like, why, why didn't we they... just see this happening? Yeah, and the re- this is my other issue that we're getting to later on, um, is it kind of ruined, like, there's no room for these characters to develop. Like, this group of marines that no one gives a shit about. Because mm. Samus, all we hear is just Samus talking about stuff. I literally um, forgot their names within about half an hour. Well, yeah, I can't remember any of them. I remember there was one who looked like David Beckham. That's about, <laughs> that's about it. And and Anthony, remember me? That guy. Yeah, I do remember him. About it. Wasn't there like a Mexican Latino sounding name or something? I'm sure of it. I don't Probably. Know. We don't remember. I played um, it that's two other... hours ago. How do I not know these guys' names? But that's the other thing, like, and this is where it just peaks for me is where I think I think her name's Madeline I can't remember but there's a character sleeping and Anthony does something and he almost wakes her and he says out loud to himself like no one would do this in real life (laughs) oh didn't want to wake her and then I was like oh that was terrible and then Samus chimes in again saying Anthony was just trying to be polite and then there's there's an awkward pause and then she's like (laughs) Madeline was just exhausted and that's probably why she needed to rest like all that dialogue is just so unnecessary. Like, we could have told these things just by him glancing at her, somehow making a move to look like he was trying to be more quiet, and then left mm. it in that. Like, we know that if someone is sleeping, they're tired. You don't have to specify that to I us. mean, there's there's a lot of times in, <laughs> in, like, any medium when, I mean, especially visual, where it is better to just not say what's going on and just let the viewer observe it all. And I don't know if it's like... Just because, I mean, you do see a lot of this in Japanese games where they do feel the need to spell everything out that's happening. Um, mm, yeah, yeah that, sure. that is true. I, I, mean, I and, think and it's just like... That... It goes against the rules of general creative writing is that you don't have a character tell you how they feel because nobody does that in real life. It's almost life. like... The voice actor is reading the script, the actual like a script, story. Yeah. not just their dialogue, like they're reading, Samus gets up, walks to the door. Mm, they're I reading mean, those little things that you're meant to be doing. Yeah, um, and I mean, I don't know if this is a budget thing, like they just couldn't afford, say, mocap or something to actually film the scenes out to, to an acceptable standard that would make it so that they would be more realistic. 
Well, they actually did motion cap it. They pretty oh, much they all the main um, cinematics were motion captured, and yeah, they went to a huge amount of effort, like storyboarding, then motion capturing the uh, the entire scenes, and then recreating that in game. So was this D Rockets or Team Ninja or Nintendo? Ah, uh, that was Team Ninja. From what I, well, I think like Team Ninja and D Rockets sort of would have done all that work. I mean, the the actual animation. I mean, we're probably going to we should get into graphics later, but the animation, yeah, it looks pretty good. Hmm. I mean, there's the yeah. cutscenes are really, really pretty. Oh yeah. I mean, I won't say, I won't argue against that. I mean, because it's just, I mean, the, the it's it's. I look at the story that they're trying to tell, and parts of it go. You know what? In the hands of a good writer, this could have been really good, but. The writing, the dialogue, it's just all so badly handled and just awkward. It just doesn't work. I mean, like, it doesn't. I mean, even I can, like, there's the whole plot point at the beginning where Samus can only use certain things because um, Malkovich says so. Getting to that. Um, but my, 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 if they actually had, have, I don't know, written that better or scripted it better, I think a lot of people would be a lot less harsh in it than they are. Because, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll it get It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But. Because we're we're, Adam, we're talking about Adam yeah. next from a story standpoint, but I mean, and I think that the biggest thing that is probably talked about most, and I don't really think we're going to add anything new to the discussion, but is the the scene with Ridley where hmm. oh he confronts Samus, she freaks out, crying, has a has a breakdown, Ridley roars, and that's the battle starts. I was <laughs> just, watching that and like, like, because there's in the game you can actually um once you finish it you can rewatch all the story elements and cutscenes just in one like hour and a bit long session just watch the whole story in case you were so engrossed in it the first time. Um and then I got to that bit and I didn't exactly remember it like that and then I'm watching I'm like why is Samus doing that? She's kicked Ridley's ass so many times is she just shocked that he's alive again or whatever? And but it's just she has a full meltdown. And this is the thing like oh. what annoy, what annoys me about this particular scene is that it's kind of where you as fans we could easily fill in the gaps as to why she might be having a breakdown but even then we don't really know why like we're, we're all mm. giving reasons but we're like but that doesn't make sense i found the most interesting thing uh, while i was researching with uh, i guess with regards to samus's characterization and the way they tell the story uh, the director sakamoto he, he he sort of gave this general story outline to dear rockets and team ninja and they showed they showed him exactly how it's all going to act out, and he was literally speechless and in shock at how perfectly they they vi- they visualized exactly what he wanted Samus to be. Are and they all that stupid? really worries me that this is the co-creator of the series, and he's really the owner of the entire entire series and world, and this is exactly what he wanted Samus to be like. As, I, as we've said before, it's not believable. Like, how many times has she battled him before? Mm. Um, how many times has someone died? I mean, and this is the other like thing that I kind of came up when I was looking around on the net. In Prime, a lot of the stuff that's happened in Prime is kind of not really mentioned in other M. Mm. Um, most obvious one that I wrote in my notes that I deleted afterwards because I'm not sure we can substantiate it was, was there's a scene where Samus talks about how this is her first joint mission with the Galactic Federation or something. And in Metroid Prime 3, she'd really previously done that, so what, like, that doesn't, that just, to me, makes it seem like maybe they've kind of forgotten, or Sakamoto is pretending, or, you know, yeah. that Prime didn't happen. 
Because, I mean, um, um, the Prime series is one of the few that Sakamoto had very, very little to do with. So well, well, whether he's more, not familiar uh, with it or just wants to forget about let's it, just, Let's just rewind back. Like, if the Prime Miyamoto was happen, more involved in Prime than he was, wasn't he? The Prime games didn't happen. When, what was the last time she saw Ridley? Um, Would have been... Well, Super... Well, no, okay, I mean... The, she, fought, she fights him in the original Metroid, I'm pretty but, sure. Okay, cr- chronologically... Metroid. Chronologically, mm. doesn't it go? It goes Metroid, then the Prime Games, then Metroid Two, then Super Metroid, then. Um, yeah, I think you're right because yeah, yeah so, the I mean, Prime's between point, the first two. My point here is, is even if he was ignoring the Prime Games, she's still battled and defeated Ridley twice before. Um, yeah. For me, the idea of her flashing back to a child, which is what that scene I assume is meant to convey, um, says that there's some kind of childhood traumatic memory. But why is it popping up now? Like, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I know in the manga, I think Ridley had a lot more to do with Samus as a child or something, but mm. no, I don't think any of us have read the manga. No. Regardless, my whole thing is, I think this is a really poorly written scene because fans of the series have no idea what's going on. People who are newcomers have no idea what's going on besides the fact it's a big scary dragon. And mm. the one scene where they could use exposition or monologues to kind of explain just a little bit what's happening, they don't. They just have this scene yeah. where Samus is crying... <laughs> Ridley is yelling, like, why is Ridley screaming at her? Why doesn't he just eat her or something or, like, kill her there and then? But he, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. It was just a really poorly written scene. and it Just was, poorly as, handled. As we've said, Samus has seen so much worse at this point. Like, why now? Going back to what you said, Flame, people say she's got post-traumatic stress disorder, but that doesn't... Post-traumatic stress disorder, particularly... It doesn't, like, just pop up when it's convenient. Yeah, like, yeah, I know, but... Um, it, well, well, clearly that—that's how it happened in Iron Man Three. Um, but yeah, well, it's. I mean, I, I don't think that Iron Man Three is um a, is a, a is a realistic depiction Golden's, of it. Golden standard of you know writing or anything. I mean, I only say this from like a um you know because I did a lot of psych at uni and stuff, and that's where, where that comes. That's my perspective. Um, I did write in my notes that a kind of um, a better kind of depiction of PTSD, which still isn't perfect, but is close enough, is with um, Ripley in Aliens, the sequel. Yeah. Um, you know when she she's she wakes up, she's her daughter's died. Um, she has all these nightmares all the time. The first time she sees the alien in that movie, she kind of locks up, but because she's a strong character, she just keeps you know she gets on with it. And I mean, it's sort of funny you bring Ripley up. Well, it's funny because I mean that's sort of where Metroid got its influence from. Is, is well, that's like... why. That's exactly why I went to you know aliens and stuff because it is. There's so many similarities. Um, but I mean, in in Western culture, like we have a lot of strong female leads. It's something we're sort of used to. We see it written very well. Like you know, Ripley, um, Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, whatever Milia Jovanovich is in next. We're used to these really strong, well-written female characters, but in Japan, I don't think they really have I don't that. Think they're well-written. But, 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 I mean, what? Some, yeah. But, I mean, you, you, hit or you miss, look, you look but like, I think there's I more hit than miss. from Resident Evil is a strong female I'm character. More, yeah, but I mean, I'm more thinking, like, I, I'm more, when I think of Miller, I'm more thinking of her from Fifth Element. Um, oh, Lilu. Yeah, Lilu Dallas Multipass. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, Ellen Ripley, Buffy, Xena, Warrior Princess even. I mean, we have these sort of strong female characters who are, who, who do put on a brave face, but then can be sort of humanized a bit on the side and i just think because they're not used to doing that in japan and then they've tried to sort of make samus this hard character but no no she's a girl she's got to be soft and fragile and stuff and that's sort of where the failings of her come 
as a character, if any of that makes sense. Um, do, do you sort of get what I'm getting at, though? I mean... I know what you say. I like the culture is different. And, and I mean, in, in the hands of, like, a Joss Whedon or whatever, she could have been a really well-written character in this game, but because from a culture where they're not used to writing like that, they're sort of And, you know, up. these are the same. Because, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but as... Steven said, you know, Sakamoto wrote it all and then gave it to D-Rockets, who, who presented it all. Mm. And D-Rockets have also previously done, you know, Dead or Alive, which isn't particularly best example of, you know, female characters in video games, as well as Ninja uh, The Gaiden. way that they wrote Samus <laughs> kind of strikes me as a bit of a Super Princess Peach version of Samus. Like, the the her female attributes are oh, yeah. her emotions, and that's really all she is that makes well, her a woman. You know, it... It's like, that's... There's more to it, and I feel like Western writers generally have learnt that over time. And, Japan and I mean, maybe I think that that's reflected behind. in the way that Met Samus is written in Prime. Like, mm. you see her visibly flinch in some moments where something happens, and you know that's human. But then she gets on with it. She picks herself that's back it. up, or she, um, you know, just changes a beam and moves on. I don't know. Like, yeah. where, where is? Very, like, Whereas in Other M, she has like a big, you know, like that bit where they discover that there's Metroids being produced in the ship. Um, and then, um, oh, is it Adam? I keep forgetting his first name. It's so Malkovich. Um, he's Adam, like, oh, I'm yeah. going to go off. And she's like, no, don't go. I need you. Oh, my God. We're going to get, we'll, we're going to, get yeah. to that. That's ridiculous as well. Um, <sighs> actually, we'll, we'll, we'll use that to segue into the next, because we've spoken about Samus enough, I guess. Um, we'll move on to Adam, who is probably the second worst thing about this game. I th- the most obvious thing to me, but I mean, I'm not sure if it's apparent to you guys or not, but was why is, I mean, I understand that Adam is the head of the Galactic Federation and stuff, but why is Samus taking orders from someone like Adam at this point in the timeline? Well, they do explain, you mean, that those, in many of those cutscenes that she... I mean, she used to look up to him as a for, as an authoritative figure. So, I mean, she probably still does have that respect for him, even though everything that happened with his brother and that, that soured their relationship, she probably still does respect him. And I think at the end of the day, it, it may have been sort of poorly communicated. There is sort of an understanding there that she is only there, she's only allowed to participate and help out because he's letting her. And if she wants to be there, she has to follow his rules. Mm, that's one of the things that that's, very first is... struck me as I was playing the game. The in, the entire story is predicated just her arriving and they tell her, oh, well, I guess you can help now you're here. That seemed like a really flimsy way to start a Metro yeah. game. But it's, just, it's a really stupid, it's really stupid, like what you're saying is, you know, they allowed her to do it. But are they forgetting mm. that, you know, like I, as I was getting onto before, in terms of, in the series timeline thus far... Samus has, like, you know, wiped out the space pirates in Metroid, defeated the most powerful Metroid in Metroid Prime, liberated a planet by destroying the Ing in Metroid Prime Echoes. Defeated Mother Brain twice. Of, yeah, freed the planets of the mother of the Phazon Seeds in Prime 3, prevented the space pirates from re- obtaining the last remaining Metroid, Super Metroid, and defeating all the Metroids full stop in Metroid 2. Mm. She's done so much. Like, why is she kind of this relegated to this, you can help but only if you listen to me. Like, she should be, he should be fucking listening to her. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, she's I, I, just so bizarrely submissive. Like, there's... You were talking about how he respects Adam, and that's fair, but there's a difference between respect and complete submission. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it comes... I mean, again, this just comes to how poorly written she is as a character. I mean... And, well, just, just, you know, the writing in general. too. Yeah, but like, I mean... meant to be... Like, I was saying I mean, I mean, I mean the writer... 
like, you know, he's meant to be this tactical genius who's unmatched or something, and then as soon as they get attacked in the ship, he tells everyone to split up. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> he clearly never watches horror movies. That's, you know, yeah, let's he... split up. We can, we can search the spooky mansion quicker. Sure thing, Scooby. Or Shaggy, That's whatever. That's the other thing, Fred. like, I just... And we're, meant to, and we're meant to care about Adam as well, because, you know, the scene where Adam dies is quite, is quite melodramatic, I should say. Um... But very, like, how are very we meant to care about someone? You know, why are we meant to care about this guy? Because you know, in the game, he shoots Samus in the back, <laughs> knocks her mm. out near a Metroid that's almost going to kill her, just because he thinks that he can't, she can't handle that tar. I think it was the, the ice Metroid room or something, the room where he dies. Um, mm. you know, like, and he thinks that she can't complete a simple task, but then he's left her knocked out in a room with a Metroid. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm, yeah, like, she's really trying to... She respects him, she's trying to gain his respect, and he's she's not having a bar of it. And it's quite... I mean, I don't know if this is controversial to say, but it's very battered wife syndrome. Like, I don't... Oh, yeah. Just, he keeps... She shouldn't respect him for all the stuff that he does to her. And, you know... Mm. If he respects her so much, why does he do those things to her? And, I mean, I kind of feel like it really cheap. The most annoying thing about the writing in this game is a really, like, inexpensive way to develop the character between Adam and Samus would be through, you know, like, idle comm chatter, like, over their radios and stuff. Um, I know mm. Metal Gear Solid did it, and it was really... I thought Metal Gear Solid did it really well, but then there's also that thing where, you know, you're kind of drawn out of the gameplay and just watching two faces talk to each other for a long time, so that's kind of problematic. You look at the way they did talk in Kid Icarus. Yeah, stuff like that. Or those scenes where they kind of zoom in and do the over-the-shoulder thing. Why can't Samus be talking to Adam then? Because you can pick up My... so much... If you write a character really well, you can pick up so much from just the way that they interact with each other. Do you know what I mean? My counterpoint to that, though, is Samus... Samus doesn't seem like the person who'd just be doing chitter-chatter for the sake of that. Just talking for the sake That's of it. It's interesting that you be... say that, because then what about these monologues where she explains to us why yeah. people sleep? Like I know. I mean, the whole game is <laughs> completely... Yeah, the character for, <laughs> for, for, Metro, for Samus. So, and just to close off our, like, discussion about Adam, I think that his death is really poorly handled. You know, we kind of knew he would die. I mean, you guys knew he would die as well, right? I'm assuming. If you played Metfusion, well, was... you kind yeah. of have an idea. Um, hmm. You know he dies at some point. And, you know, his, his death is... This is more of a kind of just a, a bad writing thing, um, you know. He sacrifices himself by blowing up the ship, or part of the ship where these Metroids are or something. Which seems pointless, because first of all, the whole ship gets blown up in the end anyway. I mean, to be fair, I don't think they knew that would happen. What kind of ship is designed where part of it can be, like, you know, jettisoned off the main ship, but then it can only be blown up in, from the inside? You know what I, Like, it just doesn't make sense mm. as from a design perspective. Like, I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, so I don't design ships, but to me, it would... If you were going to have a self-destruct sequence of some sort, you would make sure that you could come, kind of trigger it remotely, or kind of like yeah, an alarm. So you don't have to run away. Got to. I've set the ship to blow up now. Now I've got to get out of here, and then you get out. And, oh, the bad guys on this. Yeah, ship. it's like artificial tension, and like in a game, it seems even more obvious because you've got a countdown timer, and that's a traditional game mechanic. So, well, ship destruction in T minus five minutes. Exactly. It's just like it's. You can see it's there purely as a game, uh, yeah, as a game mechanic, and not yeah. for. I mean, it doesn't make sense in the narrative. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm I I'm a Resident Evil fan, and that happens at the end of every single game, and it is. <laughs> it's ridiculous every time it happens, but it happens. 
but yeah, I agree. It's just a really lazy way. Well, I mean, even even the early Metroid games, it's like, okay, you've killed Mother Brain, now you've got to leg it out as fast as you can before the planet destroys. So the, the Metroid does do that. Uh, I mean, just a quick, as a quick side for anyone who's listening and wondering why we're not talking about Adam and he's authorizing the power-ups, we will be talking about that later. Um, hold tight, I guess. Just to finish up the, the writing and the story part of this episode, um, we'll quickly talk about the Federation and the subsequent Deleter plot. Oh. It's really bad. Oh. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. It doesn't culminate in anything. Um, we'll, we'll start big. We'll talk about the Federation first. Their intentions are pretty nonsensical in the big scheme of things, really. Why do they send somebody to kill Samus, first of all? You know, they know who... Well, apparently, I'm not sure if they do know who Samus is, but they know what Samus is and what she's been capable of. Why would they kill someone who has been really one of their biggest allies in the past couple of few, past few years? And why would the deleter think that he could do it with a piece of construction equipment in a warehouse? <laughs> like... I don't, yeah, it has it a name. so dumb. It was just a it's stupid boss battle. Like, I just, this deleter, whoever they are, they just, they're not very well trained, which makes me wonder, does, does, how does the Federation train their soldiers if that's what they think passes as, you know, standard combat procedure? Um, so, I mean, it... I mean, even if it, it even if it, it even if it had have had payoff, there was actually enough going on in the story for the story to... It, it just, you know, it felt added on. It's like, oh. It was unnecessary? Yeah. It was. It was totally unnecessary. And it didn't make sense because, you know, we never got told who it was. Um, I've written in my notes that, you know, fans worked out that it was a, a certain guy, the one who does look like David Beckham, by piecing together evidence. But you're never told explicitly. Like, you have to kind of work it out yourself. And... I'm a fan of stuff where, like, I think a movie or a game or something, it should really push you to kind of, you know, work out things yourself, but it should push you to want to work out things. Do you want to know what I think? Do you want to know what I really think it was? They thought that this game was going to sell well enough that they were going to be able to do a sequel, and they left it open. Oh, yeah, I I, I reckon that they sort of left that. But they all died anyway, so... Did they all? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Except Anthony. So, I mean, that's why I think it's just a really, really, really shallow way to increase tension without a proper payoff. Mm. It just doesn't make sense to me that they would do that. To be absolutely honest, I had forgotten about that whole deleter subplot until I read it again in the notes that you had set up for this episode. It just didn't go anywhere and it didn't stick with me as any part of the plot. And you played it recently. I kind of... I forgot about it a little bit as well. Yeah, and that's the other thing, Stephen. How long ago did you play the game? I was maybe a month and a half, if that. The other thing that I'm with the Federation, just to quickly finish up this section, is, you know, the story itself is, you know, corrupt governments doing stuff behind our backs, which is already boring enough. Mm, That hasn't been done a million times before. Why, after the events of Other M, would the Federation then, you know, work with Samus, who was trying to be a whistleblower, and then why would Samus agree to work with them? Fusion, like it's kind of yeah, that's a good it's point. A, it's a plot twist that's kind of introduced without really any thoughts about what repercussions it has in the future. It was cool in Fusion, but then when you look at our room, it's like, well, then that just makes Samus even more stupid in Fusion. And, the, and yeah, the exact, it does. It just makes the exact same thing happens in Fusion. They're like, oh, you're making Metroids. No. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is, and we will talk about the later in presentation, which we'll talk about um that. But rehashes a lot of Fusion things rather than actually just acting as a bridge, you know, between Fusion and um. 
Look at my f that, 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 that baby face monster again, and it's like... Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, so I guess we've really exhausted it. Have you guys got anything else you want to say about the writing or the characters that um, hasn't been said? Or the, the the best part of the story, the, the writing. The best part of the story. Little birdie. The um, the whole the whole Ridley reveal was because it just. I mean, I can't remember if I. I mean, it's a Metroid game. You know, he's going to be in it anyway. I can't remember if I saw him in any of the trailers. Um, but then the whole reveal it did with you know this little sort of creature. Like, oh, okay. And then this little creature, so the more you see it, the more horrifying it becomes. And you sort of don't know where it's going. And then it gets to the point with, oh shit, that's Ridley. It's sort of just, mm. you, you know, and you look back, Ridley's been following you the whole game. And you didn't know. Yeah, and I've and, said that in previous podcasts that I did find that genuinely quite, you know, yeah. unnerving. If, if, it, if it hadn't have had the whole bad payoff with Samus having a crisis mental breakdown the minute she sees Ridley, that would have been really well well done. The problem with that is, to me, is he Ridley behaves like he actually knows what's going on. Um, well, is, is it ever... doesn't make sense. Yeah, because it's... Because he's a clone. Yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, I don't know if Met Metroid is going to start pretending that, you know, like the Assassin's Creed thing where, you know, your memories are passed down genetically, which scientifically they're not. Maybe they did like a, a Vita chamber, your memories are transferred into your clone thing. But this is what's ridiculous about Other M, is they could just include a scanning system and, you know, chuck a file in that room that we could scan mm -hmm. to find out that maybe he has the memory included or not. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me that well, that it, is it, just it a is clone of Ridley. It's not actually Ridley. I mean, watching with, with watching the storyline stuff today, um, it, I'm pretty sure there's a bit where it said that they didn't know that that little thing was going to turn into Ridley. They just sort of cloned some random DNA somewhere, and they're oh shit, that's Ridley. But then, I mean, I like the bit where, where Ridley's cry because it does this little scream that sort of controls every, like, makes all the monsters go mental and start attacking you. So I don't know if they sort of if that was something that Ridley's always had and sort of explains why he was able because they never really Ridley go... is the commander so to speak yeah, or but, the lieutenant or something. But they never really go into like in, in how I mean it's I honestly think that Sakamoto pretended that Prime didn't exist when he wrote this, but in the Prime games Ridley isn't really he doesn't you know talk to people or point them to do things, but he does seem to be like the kind of the overbearing presence when the enemies are there, like he'll direct them. Where to go yeah, he doesn't of... just seem to be a big dumb animal. On that note, we will take a quick break and we'll return to talk about the gameplay. Quickly, we'll go into the gameplay of the game itself. So, the story, I would say, is the easiest target for other M. Both of you would agree with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I put this question out to the community earlier in the week, and, you know, a lot of them did say... A few people did say that they didn't really care about the story, they just cared about the gameplay, which, for a game, is fair enough, but, you know... You know, I can actually attest... When you're framing it as a, as a game that's got a heavy emphasis on story you kind of have to get that right i can sort of attest to the community because the community opinion just playing it today like once i got past the whole story bit at the beginning and then it actually gets into the game itself and i'm like you know what i'm I, and i'm not one to really replay games or i do play a lot of old games but just ones i've never played i sort of tried to always make sure i'm played something that i've never played before but then playing other m today i'm like you know what this is actually i actually really enjoy this this just everything about it is 
almost what I want from a 3D Metroid, barring a few um, things which I would. I wouldn't go to. that far. Oh, um, <laughs> Not um, quite for me. I think it. I, well, I, I, I mean, I reviewed it and I gave it a four and a half out of five. That cut isn't the old. The, the, that was under the old system, which was more of an eight out of ten. Um, upon reflection, I'd probably go seven, and that's even. I think is being still quite generous. That's generous. We'll start off with controls. That's the most basic. I think with the with the controls, what they what they initially set out to do, they specifically mentioned this in that interview, is that they intended to create an NES style game with current technology, which is essentially why they use the Wii Remote only because it is pretty much a NES game or NES so uh, controller. Just, I mean, I think using a D-pad for a full three-dimensional movement alone is already quite a bit of a design. It makes it clunky. Bar. It just it's it's not. I mean, this this these are my issues. That's one of my main issues with the actual gameplay. Is it just doesn't feel fluid? You don't feel like you have 100% control. You're trying to. I mean, there's a bit that I was doing um, where you have to make sort of precise movements to get through these um, these sort of walkways in the trees. And you drop down morph ball, and if you tap, because it's digital movement, you can't just sort of slowly move your the analog to sort of creep so you don't fall off the edge. One quick tap and oh, I've fallen off. Okay, all the way back around and up. And I had that happen like three or four times and it got quite frustrating. It makes me question, like, why did Nintendo do that? Like, part of me thinks, oh, they wanted to make it, you know, marketable so that anyone could play it. They don't need anything else. But then I also think, you know, they did with Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess both require it. And I think the secondary effect from not including a nunchuck is that there's... Like you, you'll lose, you miss out on three, two extra buttons on the controller. Mm. One, of, I mean, the most obvious one to me was um, when you're shooting at things. There's no, there's an auto aim system, but that in itself is quite inaccurate. Like it's not, it's nowhere near the same as like say a Z targeting system, I, I Zelda or something. Also, the issue of or even Metroid Prime. The, the issue with auto aim is also because you're stuck on that digital eight way movement. If it was analog, even if you didn't have an auto aim, you'd be able to aim a lot better and then still rely, rely on the auto aim to pretty much hit what you're after. But because you've, you're stuck on those eight directional those eight directions if you're not aiming in the exact precise area your auto aim sometimes won't even go near what you want a moment ago you mentioned that um that you felt like they just used the Wii remote to keep it simple for you know make it marketable make it easy for people to play and you've actually hit the nail on the head sakamoto specifically said that apparently the player feels more affinity with samus when controlling her with the the d-pad even more so than the control stick apparently and they they use that as their ongoing mantra through development that they would never quote resort to the nunchuck and so they had a lot of problems with implementing so many things onto just the Wii remote and and, you know i mean i I sort of commend them for 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 what they tried to do because i mean if you had have asked me before this game came out came out could someone realistically do a full 3D action game on a D-pad and two face buttons? And I would have said no. And I mean, they pretty much pulled it off. There are a lot of problems with it, but they did something that I... It's very... Yeah. No, I mean, it's very simplistic. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, um, that's part but... of what I like about the gameplay. It is really simple, but not too simple. I mean, you still have dodging. You still have um, well, a lot of little bits and pieces to it here and there. But it's not as simple as it could have been. And I like the, I mean, I, I kind of, to some extent, I agree. But then that's the thing as well. I think that some stuff should be simple. Like um, I've written here in my notes that 
by making you don't have enough buttons on the controller um, to use. So you know the only way to fire a missile is to you know put your screen into first person that, and shoot it. Yeah. Something that should be a, a less than a second in all the other Metroid games suddenly mm. becomes a three to four second affair, depending on whether or not you know your point is out of whack when you turn it towards the screen. I mean, I think or it's if a really you're looking in the right direction. And it, it, it when also you flip your Wii remote also around. completely. It sort of takes you out of the action as well because you have to sort of okay turn around and then turn back. Makes especially since you're stuck in place yeah. when you're trying to do makes that. it harder you to can't, dodge. You can't do that dodging. Is that you can't it really like you can't incorporate that into your your um combat and stuff as well as you want to because you know I mean some boss battles use it but that boss battle is specifically designed so that the enemy stays still while you're aiming your missile. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of that's boring compared to the other games that Team Ninja themselves have made. You know where you've got all these other weapons, all these discs like you know projectiles and that stuff that you can all put together to make a really fun game. And that's what I'm saying is if they had the nunchuck in there, they'd have extra buttons to kind of add more depth to the combat system, which, as you said, is simple. And I think that's good to an extent. You know, I mean, even... There was more, there's more potential there. Even I mean, this is something I, I thought while playing it, I'm like, I kind of wish this had come out on the Wii U, because even then, if they want to do the missiles, oh, okay, lift the touchscreen up, and then I'm looking first person like that. Um, even that would have been better than turning the nunchuck, turning the Wiimote on its side and then aiming at the screen. It just feels so... I mean, because... I mean, I think the gameplay is good, but if they had have gone for a different control setup, it would have been a lot better. As it is, it's just very clunky. I mean, that's... Yeah, I agree. And the constant... The, this is... And just to move things along a little bit, the concentrate feature to me makes no sense. Oh, that was so <laughs> From a weird. gameplay perspective and from a story perspective, it just makes if, no sense. Is this... Um, I think it seems like something know, to... Something to completely simplify the game because you don't have to pick up ammo pickups and things yeah. like that. So but... in previous Metroid games, you could recharge ammo by picking things up from enemies or going to ammo stations. In other mm. M, there are ammo stations, I believe, or save stations. Yeah, recharge navigation ammo. points. Yeah, um, they just mainly recharge your health and everything a else. Concentrate feature, and what that means is that salmon can kind of. If she's got low health or low ammo, she can concentrate, and then suddenly she has ammo, and health. doesn't make sense to me because why, how can she just materialise and beat missiles out of thin mm. air into her gun? Like, So why didn't she do that to start with? Yeah, why doesn't she always do that? It doesn't make sense. Um, and I found it really clunky as well because you had to get to a point where, where there were no enemies within you know a certain distance of you so that you could do it long enough because it sort of builds up until your health recharges and if, you know, if they hit you anytime in that then the entire concentrate is worthless and it was just really, really hard to make it's kind use of like, of It's in a dumb combat. way to do risk reward, especially in the height of combat. But then there are people who, um, because I, I watched two playthroughs for, so in preparation for the episode, and one person kind of they abused it because they're playing on hard, so they would purposely get ah. themselves damaged, so they've had unlimited health and limited ammo, more or less. Hmm. And that really removes the tension from a game like this. But um, I mean, the other know, the, the other side of that is why are enemies carrying energy and missiles around with them? Yeah, but that's that's true. I mean, you know, you know, there's a lot of stuff we take as game logic as well. That's just the way it always is in video games. And clearly, these enemies would carry lots of money. And and it's like Final Fantasy. Here's these rabbits I killed, and it was carrying a rare sword. What? Okay, fine. Um, I guess oh, that's true. And that was, I was, was going to say that as well. Um, but you know, like with so I mean, yes, she can also turn into a morph ball and presumably morph a skeleton. Yeah. Um, into a ball and then come back out of it without anything. But at it's least magic, she's not creating it's a magic weapons suit. out of thin air. It's a magic like, suit. I just feel like 
Samus can create a missile. Why can't she just create a bomb and nuke the ship or <laughs> create um Because a... Adam won't let her. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we get into that? We are getting into that. We're getting... There's just a few more things we want to talk about before we get into that, because that's the big one. The pixel hunt scenes. Do you guys oh, remember them? Oh, yeah. I vividly remember them, and they okay. were... I, a lot of the time, I literally had to go to YouTube to be able to work out what to do. There was one that stands out where, where you're out in the middle of a grassy field, and there's a bunch of soldiers, and, the blood. and you can scan them, and... But I was literally sitting there for 15 minutes just looking around, what am I meant to be finding... And there was this patch of slightly different shade of green on the grass that was blood. That apparently was supposed to be super obvious. It's like, no, what's that? That that my spot issue... there is a that that's a bad one for for a lot of people. My issue Much with bad. these, like for anyone who doesn't know, the, the pixel hunt scenes, as I call them, is where you know you'll be watching a cutscene, then it will stop, and you'll have to like look in first person and focus on a specific thing, and then it zooms in to that thing, and then the cutscene continues. My issue with these scenes is that they serve no purpose whatsoever. Like, what is the point of them? I thought maybe if I look at something else, like, it'll change the cutscene, but it doesn't. There's only one thing to do, and it's the same thing every time, and that doesn't change the outcome at all. So what is the point? It just doesn't make any sense to me to stop the flow of the cutscene. And as you guys have said, there mm. are ones that are difficult, and they're not difficult, like, in a skill thing. They're just they're not unfairly difficult to do. And yeah. it shouldn't resort to you having to go to a walkthrough on the internet. And I remember when I played mm. this game, I had access to it before anyone else did on the internet, so I didn't have the internet. I had to just... It ended up being literally a it. pixel hunt. Like, I had to slowly scan over each column, you know, off the screen, more mm. or less. I found myself doing it. that and still not finding see, it, still having to resort see, to the I, internet. I, I, was, I, I, was, I was lucky that you sent me... I don't know why you sent me, James, but you sent me, like, a whole heap of um, prim, Prima strategy guides... And one of them was for Metroid Other M. And I was like, oh, cool, I've got this so I can... Oh, Didn't really? have any issues that's with true. those things. But yeah, it, that's, I've heard that one stumped a lot of but, people up. I yeah. mean, I think that they were included I as kind the... of this kind of throwback to Prime, but then I'm not sure anymore because... I mean, I wrote that in my notes, but I think, speaking about it, I really feel like Sakamoto wants to pretend that Prime didn't happen. So why? I just don't understand why they were included, but I just thought that was something we should talk the about. The only reason I can think of is sort of one of their other aims was to make sure that the action and the cutscenes had a seamless transition. You felt like, you know, you weren't going to cutscene, going to gameplay, it just melded into each other. And maybe it was a, they felt it was a long cutscene that they wanted to break up with action scene and the action scene just didn't work, maybe? I don't know, I'm trying to make excuses for them. Well, did they speak about these moments in any of the interviews or anything? They didn't speak about these, like, the pixel hunting parts in particular, but they yeah, just sort of made a point of the action and the cutscenes were supposed to be seamlessly integrated with one another, and that's just me trying to maybe think that that's Filling the reasoning. The yeah. I mean, it's just I was just going to say, I mean, but I don't know, other than those pixel hunt and the, and the shooting, I still think the gameplay is really good. It's it's, it's clunky, it's, but, but it's, I know it sounds really weird, it's clunky, but then it's fast and fluid. It, it's, I, I don't know, I mean, just playing it today, it's just, it, it sort of gels really well, and I think... I mean, that's why, you know, as I said, I, go, I would give it a 7 now. Yeah. That's because the gameplay, I still, I don't think it's enjoyable, like, super enjoyable, but it's, 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 like, you know, let's look at, say, Alien to Colonial Marines, which just Ugh. isn't enjoyable. Yeah. Um, you know, other M's not on the same level as that. Maybe in a writing perspective. But, hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. But to just quickly get back on track, I think the biggest thing, I don't know if you guys remember, especially you, Flame, I don't know if you remember this, but there's much less emphasis on exploration in the game. Yeah, I mean, that's... Um, 
I noticed a lot of the time when you would pick up a new item and stuff, you know, you'd go back to see a door that you... Because that's what Metroid is, more or less, you know? You see a door and you're like a purple door or something. Well, this you can't is... Can't open right now. You I mean, we've, we've get super... a new weapon and then you want to go back. And then you... And in other... And you can't. With Super Metroid and um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night... I mean, the Metroidvania genre is is a re- is is a thing because of those two games, and the whole point of them is it's exploration and progression based on the equipment you have. So you've got this whole open world that you can do whatever you want in. You can do it in whatever order. You just need to find the stuff to do that. And other M, and I mean, even Fusion does it to a degree. Um, I don't know, Fusion does it a lot as well. Is it's a very linear path. There's, I mean, there are extra items you can find, but they're just missile upgrades and health refills. Very rarely are they stuff that's going to affect the gameplay. I think it it reminded me a lot of my worry or the things that I didn't like about the uh, Castlevania Mirror of Fate. It seemed like everything was segmented into different areas and the power-ups and stuff that you found through, you know, exploration would just sort of seem to be token little things that were there to say, hey, this is a Metroid game. Ooh, Do you remember hey. finding things? That, it yeah. didn't, nothing felt like organic exploration. Yeah. It was just kind of, oh, there's that thing there. You probably want to find that. And it's like, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can get more, I can get, Super Metroid's exploration I can get more fantastic. missiles, but I can, you know, auto-generate them anyway, so stop yeah. doing your stupid missiles. Yeah, like, that's, a, that's <laughs> um, a perfectly good point about why the concentration I mean, I mean this, is this, so is one of, this is one of the notes that, that I've sort of written out. I mean, as I said, this is what kind of what I want out of a 3D Metroid, but it's too linear. And and if it had been a bit more of an open world, I mean, as I think I've said before, I like this style of gameplay. And if they do a Metroid on the 3DS, I would not mind if it looked and and played like Other M, albeit a lot more exploration based and just gave you a lot more of an open world. Because I think this style of game would work very well on the 3DS but yeah it just there's hardly any point to back it control better because yeah. at least the 3DS has an analog stick yeah like the Wii has one but it's not doesn't use it the quick the before we get to the big one um did you guys not feel disappointed by the power-ups I mean I don't know if this is just me but I kind of feel like there should be something newish yeah in each Metroid game, I kind of felt like this was more of a, re- a complete retread of other games, and that was really disappointing. I, I picked up my um my save. Po- I mean, before I started a new, I just thought, oh, I'll just see where my saves are, or see if there's a new game plus option. And it just dropped me in at the final part of the game, and you know, I'm just mucker of all the powers. I'm okay. You got your space jump, you got your screw attack, screw attack. You've got your uber powerful beam, and that's it. Whereas there's, yeah, I, I felt like it was like the power ups. Yeah, I'm, I feel similar to you that they were fairly disappointing, and I think the reason for that is they were only used where you were very specifically told you're allowed to. Like a door is. You know, you need to have the power bomb to break this or this and that. But in other Metro games, you'd get these power ups, and as well as being able to break the doors of the corresponding color, like you might get the, you know, the high jump, you'd be able to get up to that one part that you're meant to be able to get to. But it opens up the entire map just so much more to explore that isn't specifically related to progress. There's, and I just didn't feel that in this. Just the power ups were simply keys to get through the next door and not much more. Mm. Speaking of <laughs> great segue, let's get into probably the biggest thing about the gameplay is the way that the game handles Samus and her power up. Traditionally, Samus can, you know, more or less trips or falls over, trips, whatever. All her power ups <laughs> disappear, go down the oh, drain. No. I watched a cartoon like that, it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, that's it. Just start from scratch. In Other M, the way that it works is is that Samus has all her power-ups, but she can't use them because Adam hasn't said that she can yet. Can I put in a um, controversial thing? I actually, as a reason, 
I don't mind that. I mean, as you said, in all the ones before, it's like, oh, she's been hit, or she's tripped, and she's lost all her powers again, and now I need to go find them all again. Yay! Um, Fusion, I think, did a good take on that. Um, did, did a good reason why you had to get everything mm, That's probably the best that I um, know of. Other M, I think... Fusion, just a good... Is that... It's, they're all incompatible with her new suit well, because she's yeah, she doesn't. Because they literally had to remove her yeah. old suit. Um, now, whereas with other M, I think, you know, Adam saying, you know, um, you can only use your bombs or your missiles when I say so. I can kind of see why, because he's in charge of this mission. He doesn't want any collateral damage. He needs to assess the situation and say, okay, it's fine to use plasma beams, whatever now, because you need to. This shit's gotten real. Where I have an issue with it is in the fire area, and it's like, yeah. oh, okay, now, this is what I yeah, was... now you got to run through the fire area, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to prove that you use your fire armor now. But why do why why is using the fire why you know why is using your gravity armor not a thing from the get go? How is that affecting the mission? Or, or, or and this is relates back to Samus' jump. Yeah, this relates back to Samus's characterization. She's ex- she knows what a very uh, suit upgrade is based on what she's other games she's it. played. She's got it, it yeah. in her suit. She knows how mm. the suit works. How am I meant to believe that Samus would walk into a room and almost kill herself just because Adam didn't say that she could use her various suit upgrade? It makes no sense to me that someone like Samus would take that risk when she knowingly could prevent that damage to herself. Um, I mean, and even at the start of the game, and I think I did a big... You may have seen my, my messages about it before, when it's like a one-minute-long dialogue about why we can't use power bombs because they're too dangerous, and, you know, we might get... Blah, 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 and it just goes on and like, I know, you just have to say, don't use power bombs. Okay, cool. Mm. But, I mean, yeah. That and was the one might... time when I thought that made sense because if, you know, as much as they don't actually break anything in the game, but it just seemed... You know, these power bombs have immense power and there might be in unstable things on the ship. Okay, that that's a fair reason I mean, not even, to use that Even Even weapon. her other weapons, I mean, you're going in... It's, at, at early stages, you're just trying to scope the area out and find out what's going on. You don't want to alert a lot of attention to yourself. So fair enough, just use your basic weapons and then approve stuff as as need be. But yeah, armors and grapple beams and space jumps, that all they would do is help you explore and be better suited for whatever situation presents itself. That kind of comes up. That's my issue with the power bombs is that they kind of once they're authorized, which we'll talk about later. By the way, mm, um, that was a fun point. That was ridiculous, but we will get on into that. Um, you know, that you can kind of use them on the ship and nothing really happens. And I mean, I know that that sounds ridiculous that I should expect something to happen, but I think of a game like Dead Space. I mean, I don't know. Have either of you guys played it? No. Yeah. Like, there's. I think it's more so in the second one. There's a lot of scenes where if you kind of fire haphazardly and hit an explosive container in certain rooms where there's windows, the windows will blow out and you will get sucked out. Um, you have like a split second to shoot the thing above the emergency shutter thing above it to save yourself, but that's just like a kind of a cool way to, you know, make sure that you're careful. Like, I would have liked to have seen something very similar to that kind of implemented to kind of give weight to what Adam was saying about the power mm, bombs. Something that lets you make the mistake, see why he's telling you you're not allowed to use this thing, rather than just taking his word for it because you're a submissive Samus. Again, this, is, power... this gets back to writing. Under better writing, this reason is actually really good, but it's just the way that they've written all the, and characterised everyone. It just seems so stupid. Yeah, it does. And and let's just, like, to close off this gameplay, let's just talk about the Queen Metroid battle. Oh. It's, the battle itself, I think, is fine. 
Um, but the issue with the battle is at the end, the Queen Metroid, she sucks, swallows you up and drains your health. And most of you probably, I'm assuming most of you probably died. Am I correct? Yep. Many, many this times. Fl- I, remember this fight? You, um, you, uh, you might remember no. when I was trying to beat it that I, I was messaging you just like, how do I beat this boss? I throw so many bombs, it does nothing, and I can't see any way around this. Yeah, so for people who don't know, what you're actually meant to do is you're meant to use the power bombs um, in, once you're inside her stomach. Power bombs um, take... So it was something ridiculous. Someone I remember I watched a video where someone actually said this. The power bomb takes three seconds to detonate, you have five seconds to do it. Um, mm. So you're, you've already got not enough room um, for error. I do know in hard mode, this particular um, boss battle, you have she drains your health slowly because you take if you took more damage, then it would be impossible to do. So that just shows how poorly mm. done it is. Um, wow. Yeah, but the thing is, Samus isn't told by Adam that she can use power bombs during the Metroid Queen battle. Um, this is presumably because he's dead yeah. at this point. But which highlights how stupid the thing is. Like, we don't get to... Well, we've been told that every single power-up in this game, have, when it can be used and stuff, and then the only way to tell that the power bombs are working is if you go into the menu, you know, and have a look around, like... No, even that, I, I did think when I was doing this, is like, this probably would make sense that I could use a power bomb even though I'm not allowed to. I went into the menu, and there's no power bomb there, even oh, though you really? can actually okay. use it at this point. Yeah, that's what it made me so... Oh, I just had no idea what to do. Yeah, um... Well, I just it just to me that just culminates in to kind of emphasize how other M feels like sometimes you know a big mishmash of poor design decisions. It just it was an annoying battle, and then we could also get into how shit the last battle was and how anticlimactic that was. Which one? Oh. The um the the last last battle with the beetle things. Oh no, I thought you meant oh, after yeah, that. Yeah. With um Phantom. Oh no, that's in presentation. Okay. I believe. Yeah, that final battle that you mean the one with all the yeah. yeah, like those beetles and you were stuck in the missile first person view for most of the fight. Yeah. Just and it's yeah, anticlimactic. Another one that completely frustrated me cuz you know, I I just would straight up run out of missiles and I was thinking maybe I have screwed myself by not getting up enough missile tanks, but yeah, then, yeah, apparently there's specific parts here you can shoot and it makes the battle go in a couple of seconds. Yeah, it's just not good. <laughs> um so, well, just I guess that's more than we can speak about for gameplay. We've covered most of the main points. We'll quickly go into presentation, um, and then wrap everything up. So, presentation, for anyone who just doesn't know, what we're going to be talking about is basically, you know, audio, visual, um, you know, some elements of the story, I guess, the way they're presented. So, yeah, do you guys have any thoughts about presentation before I go ahead? Um... I'll see what my... I thought it really unusual that... Um, I see you've got this in a little bit in your notes, but this is something that I noticed as well, that the just Samus looked like she was from, you know, the Ness incarnation of Samus. We've seen Samus in, you know, really interesting armor designs from the Prime games, and now it seemed like it had regressed back to a zero mission sort of like cartoon. I think that's because of the color really scheme they went with. To gel. Mm, it's, yeah, very... Um, a very conscious decision that they made of how to, you know, they made specific attention to, you know, make her run in a similar way to how she did in the 2D game. So, yeah, they definitely did it on purpose. It was just really jarring to me to see that after being used to a more more complex Metroid model, mm. or Samus model, I mean. I agree. Like, the thing that I kind of felt was really wrong with, and I said this at the very beginning of this episode, was it doesn't look as good as Prime. And Yeah. Like, and... 
this is a game that came out later. Are we and, talking about I the mean, graphics? The CG looks, yeah, the, the visual. But this is what I wanted. To, I just wanted to quickly, as a quick aside, say that this kind of highlights the difference between good art design and good. Ah, uh, okay. Visual. I don't, I don't know what the word is, but good graphics, visuals, or whatever. Um, Prime had amazing and fantastic art design. Um, Other M looks really clean, but the art design is just so uninteresting and uninspired to me. Yes, yeah, super That's... bland. Everything's everything is shiny. They they did actually mention in. Uh, in the interviews with Iwasa that they had to go through and add dirt to Samus's model just to make it look like she wasn't super clean all the time, but it really didn't come through in the final product. I mean, that's sort of what, I, while playing it today, first thing that struck me just is like, this is a really good looking Wii game, like just graphically, it's re- it's clean, it's, you know, you know I mean, I'm thinking about like with Last Story, which is another game with like human perspective, character, human perspective proportioned characters and all that and that has a lot of the Wii you know PS2 sort of that that era looking character models and then I look at other M and I'm like you know they if they had of like just HDified this it would just look a lot I mean because it looks really clean and smooth and well detailed enough as it is I don't know if anyone else got that but I was just looking I'm like this is probably maybe just from a graphic standpoint the best looking game on the Wii that's kind of what as well I mean, I'm going to have a bit of a dig at Metroid Prime as well here. I hope that's okay. Uh-oh, controversy. Um, Other M and Metroid Prime 1 both do this really annoying thing with the presentation of the game worlds. Um, do you guys reckon you could guess what I'm talking about? No? No, I'm trying to think of what it would be. I can't think of any similarities between the games. Okay, both of those games, they present... Each world is obviously a an element. Do you know what I mean? Like, they do a fire world, oh, oh, a snow, video games. ice world... Like video game yeah. land. That is video games, but then Echoes and Corruption do fantastic jobs of creating, you know, unique worlds that aren't mm. just based on an element. Now, in Prime's defense, they do it really well. Like, oh, yeah, they do it incredibly. Who but... hasn't forgotten the first time they step onto Fendrana Drifts or into the Magmoor Caverns or whatever? They're amazing moments. I could never forget. They are, and the music is amazing. I mean, the, the excuse um, this has, and it's sort of the same as um, with Fusion, is it's it's a space station where they're having controlled environments to test stuff out in. Yeah, but Flame, okay, Flame, but what do you think of that? It's, it's you know, it's video game logic. It's, you know, there has to be an ice yeah, it world, it has and to be a fire world. And... And my problem is it's outdated video game logic. Like, I just feel like yeah. there are better things they could have done. Yeah, I do think I'd give Prime a bit of a pass for it, just because, as we were saying, they're so memorable. The music, the you know, the art design that we keep coming back to. That's that, that that music as you go into Magmoor like Cabin's door, 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 just mm. <laughs> that's sticking with um, you at the moment. And that kind of, I mean, I guess, I mean, the other thing I wanted to really talk about was how the game kind of doesn't really have its own identity. I feel like a lot of the time it, it's trying to mimic fusion. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just too much stuff thrown in there that from previous games that doesn't make sense. That's actually a really good point. I honestly never made that connection between, you know, fusion has all those yeah. areas of different elements and they are there because they're creating habitats and that's literally exactly what they're doing here that only just clicked. I mean even Nightmare the boss battle oh, I, I mean I remember there? reading up on I think it was Gaff when I finished it that you know people kind of came up with their own excuses about about it but it was just so unnecessary and they could have included a good boss and I want to just quickly ask you know this game wasn't was designed more as to lean on to previous games than others because I want to ask all of you like can any of you remember any of the original boss battles from this game that wasn't in another game previously um, I'm assuming the silence hmm. means no 
No, yeah. I um, literally can't. I mean, I remember... It, I mean, and that just to me I, I, is a real testament. Apart from that really frustrating one with missiles. I only remember I mean, because I've say... just been playing him. So I'm like, there, there was that... I mean, the first one where you've got a, the Federation's helping you out freeze the thing. But again... But what's the thing? Yeah, this big... Do you remember what the thing is? Big group of bugs. But I only know that because I've played it today. But that's what I'm saying yeah. is, you know, it, it doesn't really bring anything new to the table. Like, they use the old, same old power-ups, they use generic boss battles that none of us remember. I remember mm. the big purple thing at the beginning with one eye, but that's it. Um, oh, that's and right. the, Yeah, that's and... what I'm talking about. And, and the fire monster. Vaguely sort of and... remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the thing that best, um, you know, epitomises this, where they kind of throw Metroid shit in for no reason, <laughs> is the, the epilogue battle. Um, oh, what a joke. With Fantoon. It's a cool fight, um, but it's like, why Why did I mean, that have to it happen? It is. It's a fantastic battle. And I really, mm. I was so excited when I did it. And I was kind of, I was kind of a bit like, why is he so big? But then I was like, whatever. It's, it's a super why Metroid. is he in space? It's a Super Metroid throwback. Woo. But yeah, he's meant to be a ghost or something. Why is he there? Like, I understand kind of why he's there, but it doesn't really, it's never explained. makes no con- sense in the context of the game itself. Um, and I mean, I know people might jump to other M's defense and say Prime had things from previous games, like say Meta Ridley mm. or. Um, look, 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 Rid- Ridley's else. just part of a Metroid game, and I mean, it's at the point you have to. I mean, I don't think there's been a Metroid game without Ridley, barring probably like um, Hunters. But it's like with Secret of but Meta. This is the other thing yeah. I just wanted to quickly say was that you know at least they explained Meta Ridley, like what he is, mm. why he's called Meta Ridley, for example. Um, I mean, they do, it, through, they do it, it through scans, which is kind of lazy, but still a good way to do it. Um, but mm, they still do like it. That. You know what I mean? Whereas this, it's literally, you know, you feel like you finish the game. Oh, there's a little bit more. And it just feels like some weird fan service DLC. It just serves no point. Characters aren't de- characterized or developed well. Um, you know, they show up and Samus talks over them. We've already talked about that. Um, the other thing I'd, I've written down here is that Aliens kind of does a really good job at kind of characterizing their squad squad in that movie in a quick fraction of the time that other M has to do it. Aliens um, really set the groundwork for everything that came after after it. I mean, just, just even before that, there wasn't really like the Colonial Marine sort of... Like, like, with me, I used to play Warhammer a lot, and a lot of what Warhammer is takes influence from Aliens, and it's just funny how that movie's just affected everything that's come on from it. You've got to have the loud, strong, brash type. You've got to have the really butch, feminine Vasquez character or the hothead who thinks he's hot shit and usually goes down in the first five minutes or whatever. But, but that's what oh, I'm yeah, saying. Other M- characters had that personality, though. They were just, like, blank slates. Other, other than Anthony, and Anthony probably got the most, and... com- uh, most characterization out of anyone in that game. And you actually end up liking him by the end. Mm. I liked Anthony. Um... Yeah, I didn't. That's well, as a comparison. I just think that kind of makes other M look really bad. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, there's two more quick things to talk about for presentation. The soundtrack itself. Um, I didn't actually mind the soundtrack that much, but then I kind of felt like the reimagining of already existing tracks was quite lackluster. What I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play some cl- a clip from Prime and a clip from Other M of the same theme, like what they're both space pirate themes. Um, Not the main Metroid. I tried theme. to find. I tried to find like more examples, but I couldn't. So this is the only ones where they were were kind of matching. So just have a listen, and then we'll talk. Okay, so, I mean... 
as you as you can hear, I mean, I personally I prefer the prime one. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure. Oh, no yeah. contest. Um, and I mean, I really hate comparing them. I wanted to find more comparisons, but I couldn't find more comparisons of the main themes, so to speak. These are both space pirate themes. I just feel like, I mean, Flame, you say it's like an overproduced mess of noises, which is what it yeah. is like. It, it's yeah, that's it. It has no no conducive theme behind it. There's no melody. It's just bit a bit a bit a bit a bit. It's it. There's nothing to it. It's I don't know what that's even meant to be making me feel except for confused worried and, and scared and I want, um, not, I want an adult i just think that th- those aspects are things that you should really try to kind of you know one up when you make a sequel and they just don't it's really disappointing i do think that there were some points where they sort of remix some of the music from earlier games and they're I can't remember any, any um, of them in particular, I, 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 I but I heard do remember main... feeling like, oh, like it's. there were some cool moments where it's like, oh man, Metroid time, but they were few and far between. I did hear the main Metroid theme bust out a few times. Mm, and that was kind of nice, but they didn't really do much to it. It was just I like, mean, let's use a different, different synth instrument. I mean, I, I really enjoy the music from the original Metroid. It's probably my favourite NES soundtrack, um, like Craig's theme. I've probably got like 15 different remixes of that on my iPod just because I like the feel mm. of it. Um, but Metroid, I mean, unlike Zelda's which or Mario, which does a lot of throwbacks to older themes, Metroid doesn't. It, it sort of, I mean, it has that maybe main Metroid theme that'll show up in the intro. Yeah, it does. Really? I, Magwar Caverns is straight out of Super Metroid. Uh, Trust me, it is. It's to, like literally okay, the I same need to compare, but... theme. <laughs> But, like, Prime did it so well. But, yeah, um, we'll just quickly close. I'll I'll talk about localization of the game. Um, As we all know, it was pretty... I think it's pretty terrible. Um, I do know that, you know, localization costs a lot of money. Um, But in a game where you are placing such a huge emphasis on backstory, it's kind of important. I mean, I'm sure you all agree. You can yeah. kind of tell this game didn't get too much attention in the localization process. I think it, I think um, it got a lot of attention, though, but but they didn't I mean, have a lot to if work it did, with. Why is there terms like the deleter? Like, what um, is a deleter? Like every second, something out of Death Note. Every second line says a certain, and that's a very like. I mean, the most obvious that to me one sounds like someone translating into English who doesn't quite understand like the trans- how Japanese like, and English are different. Yeah, like a literal translation, mm, and, rather um, than actually contextually. And I mean, flame. You know, you know this yourself in the first first freaking opening cutscene. The nickname of the, the baby's cry. It's a nickname that comes from the fact that the purpose of the signal is to draw <laughs> attention. Like, isn't that a distress oh, signal? Yeah. Why yeah, don't you just call it a distress signal? Everyone knows what a distress signal means. Baby, you don't have to describe it baby, three times in a sentence. Baby. Baby, 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 baby. baby. That's all it is. Baby, Justin Bieber, baby. the game. Yeah. Who, um, <laughs> yeah, um, Stephen, in your research, do you mm. know who did the translation? Was was it Treehouse or... Oh, I didn't actually see that mentioned in anything that I looked up. I'm trying up, to though. Google it and I can't actually find who did the translation for it. I mean, I, I want to say, I don't think it would be Treehouse, but then I also wonder, how, has Treehouse ever worked on a project this, you know, is kind of story-intensive? Do they do the Zelda games, or...? Nobody knows. We need to... I mean, I know, I, I know okay, yeah, this is, I mean, I just, I know Nintendo... Uh, Treehouse does stuff like the Mario and Luigi games, they do, um... Oh, what was it? I think Animal Crossing, and stuff like that. Um, whereas, I know 8-4 Studios did Fire Emblem. Which was a pretty intensive. Um, yeah, game. so they, I mean, they're pretty over. They're, 
Hit and miss, I guess. Not hit and miss, but they, they use a variety of studios, so who knows who did the translation for this one. We should probably should look into the credits. But yeah, so I, that covers the gameplay and the presentation. We will quickly go to another break, and we'll come back with some views from the community, and we will wrap up the episode. Won't be long. Just to finish up, we'll go just we'll quickly turn to the community because we did ask what everyone thought. Um, quickly scroll through these. I might miss some, so apologies if I do. Scott thinks that he never finished it, but he found it to be perfectly solid from a purely gameplay point of view. It had its issues in other areas, but he thinks it was blown way out of proportion. I uh, agree to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, I think solid is one way to put it, but yeah, the, we've talked about the many issues that were yeah past the, you know, there's decent and then there's actually pretty good and i don't think it got there it's definitely uh, it's says, definitely an above average game but pablo says he thinks it has okay gameplay ideas but the whole story and bad voice acting really put him off prime is perfection is, is what he said <laughs> i i think i agree with that too yeah i do actually agree like the gameplay ideas having you know this 2d plane 3d world that could work fantastically so yeah definitely agree on that fine yeah yeah I, I agree i mean as I said, from from a gameplay point of view, this is as close to what I want from a Metroid game in 3D as anything's really gotten. I mean, I like what I've played of Prime, but I think it is a bit too big and all over the place that, that it is a bit easy to get lost. Ben says it felt more like a pure conversion of Super Metroid formula into 3D than Prime was, and as such, it was a French, cha- a fresh, not a French, a fresh change of pace. <laughs> Overall, he really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it's anything like Super Metroid. I reckon it's more... I kind of agree with his comment about it being conversion, but more so for Metroid Fusion, as we've discussed previously. Um, so I disagree with that. Yeah, I can't. I don't really agree for the same reasons as you. It doesn't... It does, I guess, purely the 2D movement, but that's about it that it takes from yeah. all the Metroid games, I feel. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, Martin says that it was a good game, but it's a shame that it came after the Metroid Prime trilogy because it was never going to reach those heights. The controls were great, which we all disagree with. The graphics for a Wii game were at times pretty special. I kind of agree with that. Um, on mm. the minor side, had bad voice acting, which too, took it out of the story and was totally unnecessary. As the unnecessary pixel hunting parts, basically. Um, I think that Martin raised a really good point because I'd asked you guys earlier, do you think that this would have been received better if it came out before the Prime games? Um... Do you guys think that? I, th- I mean, or... it depends on how in-depth you want to go on this. I think if this had have been... Because gameplay-wise, this would have been possible on the N64, and I think if this had have been Metroid on the N64, then yeah, yes, I think it would have been a lot better received. I mean, heck, I-, I think it would have been better received had it come out in 2012 as a Wii U launch title. Just a bit more breathing space between it and um, in the Prime games. I think it would have been better received, but that's relative i don't think it would have been well received it just wouldn't have been compared to a far better game yeah yeah brady agrees with us that the pixel hunting parts were pretty stupid and took out the game i totally agree with that yep (laughs) heater says it was a great game that you shouldn't be comparing to prime because they're different strains of gameplay um 
He didn't. He claim, He says that he does admit that he's testing his memory, but he didn't have any issues with the voice acting, and he didn't like the fact that there were other characters that were following you, so it made you feel less isolated. I agree with the isolation mm, thing. Um, agree I with hated that. that about Prime Three as well. Um, I mm. don't know. I think that my suggestion to Peter would be just to watch a few cutscenes and see how he feels about the voice acting. Now, you guys agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah, definitely I, agree. The, the voice acting. Yeah, that's the big thing that got me today. It's like, wow. It's probably so forgettable that you can't remember how terrible it was. Well, okay. The yeah, actual so voice, the voice acting itself you, is okay. No. It's just the what they have to work with, which isn't. Um, Michael says, it was good, but not as good as the rest of the series. Story was brilliant, though, and Samus was portrayed just as she should be. Wow. Well, that's what Sakamoto thinks. Does not like women, so, this well, guy at all. It's definitely Michael. It's not Sakamoto himself, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe it is Sakamoto in disguise. Maybe I'm Sakamoto. Not sure. Um, we've been through reasons why we disagree with Michael um, so I guess if you've gotten this far you probably might have changed your mind I'm not thank sure thank you very much for input Michael or Sakamoto yeah whoever you may be um, he throwed a lot but um, basically he doesn't really he only gave it an hour or two he doesn't really have an opinion on it he'd love to be told it was great and the critics were wrong though so he can actually play it um, I would Sorry. I would recommend to anyone who hasn't played it yet to still give it a go because I think you still need to kind of experience it I mean, I think you disagree, though, Stephen. Mm. I, I definitely I agree with you entirely. Like, I I had kind of put it off, but just I, I felt left out of conversations on the podcast, <laughs> to be blunt. <laughs> but I, I don't regret playing it like I do some games, but it's... Yeah, I'm not going to say it's a fantastic game, but I don't think it's going to be something you'll regret playing. Yeah, it's... Um, Daniel says he really liked Other M, but people bitch about the story, and since when has a game been about the story? Well, since a lot, really. We've we've aired our concerns about the gameplay as well, but you know if if you like it, that's that's fantastic. Look, look this this is this is the amazing. Far be it from us to tell you you can't like I'm it. I'm going to get a slight little tangent. This is the amazing thing about video games is you know when people say video games are art and it's like video games encompass such a wide variety of things. They can be Tetris, they can be a Fallout, they can be a Metroid Other M. And I think just to say video games only need to be gameplay is just so. Um, it's just robbing a lot of what the genre can do. I mean, it, it can tell a story. It can give you hours of entertainment. It's just, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I think that... I, I understand what Daniel's saying, but, you know, people do kind of place too much emphasis on story. You kind of get to the point where sometimes you might have a 40-minute cutscene. Like, for example, Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know... I think that if you're presenting a game that is so has such an emphasis on story that you kind of have to get that right. Mm, that was I their mean, entire, you know, one of their major points of doing it is to tell the story of Samus because they couldn't do it before. Yeah. Um, last comment from Fritz, who I see posting on almost all our statuses, which is nice. <laughs> Cheers, um, Fritz. He went into this game with an open mind and was sorely disappointed. Uh, dull gameplay, shocking controls, using the D-pad in a 3D platformer seriously. I totally agree with you, Fritz. And yep. <laughs> they made Samus completely unlikable. There's a reason why this was the last Metroid game to date. Um, that last sentence really hurt me. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's only I mean it's only it, especially given what Sakamoto said about it, it's like, oh what's gonna happen to Metroid? It's only been like four years. I mean, I, I have a feeling possibly because um Retro does have two studios, two teams now, so maybe that's what the other team is working on. Um Especially after Prime, really good reception. Other him, bad reception. 
Here you go, Retro. You can have it back. Well, Donkey Kong's finished now. Yeah, I mean they've got to be working on. I mean, and and Reggie teased us with this, you know, nudge, nudge, Metroid pin. See, right, guys, Metroid. Yep. We still remember it exists. And here she is in Smash Brothers, whatever the fuck the new one's called. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's good to be able to finally close the book. I guess we've really talked about absolutely everything. Aired our grievances. I'll be interested to see if we can go, yeah. go this long on another game. Yeah, and I, yeah, I would be interested. To, we will try and continue this format um, for other games for sure. So hopefully we will be able to carry it on on those, you know, those off or down weeks, I should say. Um, we hope you liked it. Yeah. Um, if you, I mean, this isn't going to be a permanent format. Like we're still going to do our news updates and stuff whenever um, we, we whenever fit, there's I news to talk say. about. Um, yeah, but. Any feedback you'd like to give us, because this is new for us. We've never really spent a whole, you know, I'm going to assume that it's about 90 minutes, roughly, um, talking about one game. So if you have any feedback, please feel free to shoot us a review on iTunes or on our Facebook page or even on Twitter. Um, it's all appreciated. Um, but we are a site as well, so the yeah. last few reviews that have gone up were um, Nest Remix, Castle Storm and Edge, all eShop games, and I finished my review of Mario Party Island Tour, finally. Um, so, yeah, you get to see how much I loved that. <laughs> um, anyone who listened to the last Fortnite's episode will know that I did not love it at all. But yeah, um, so as usual, uh, like us on Facebook, leave us a review on iTunes, we really appreciate the feedback, and yeah, thanks it's for listening. I've finally aired everything about other M. And we shall never make so it jokes about it again. I feel ten pounds lighter. Um, next week we will be returning to the traditional formatting of the podcast to talk about Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. So until then, see ya. Bye. See ya.